here to serve a mission of justice and equity and connection to nature. We are glad to have you here, despite whatever technical difficulties we have just overcome. We're so glad to be here, be able to connect in this way. And over the coming weeks, we will find new ways to connect. We'll use this technology and other technology. We have fabulous experts in the congregation who are actively finding new ways for us to gather. And we have all the old school connection too. People planning card writing and letter writing, phone calls, emails. We're staying connected. This community lives its values. And turn us now to Sheila Dahls, your worship associate for today. Hi, I'm Sheila. I invite you to close your other windows or apps or devices. Take a deep breath and center yourselves for worship. If you're new to Akatink and would like to talk more about this church, be sure to reach out to me, our minister, Reverend Pippin, or a member of the board. Contact information is posted with the order of service online. Be sure to check the online order of service for upcoming activities, virtual meetups, and other ways to connect in community as well. Please also note the information on this week's offering will be available in the closing image after worship. For an important update on our pledge campaign, I hand you over now to Dave Muirhead. Thank you. Hello everyone, my name is Dave Muirhead and I am your pledge campaign coordinator for 2020. My message is simple. AUUC exists to accompany people through times of suffering and beauty, to provide spiritual guidance that helps us navigate our lives, and to strengthen communities of care in which people help and are helped by one another. Our Unitarian Universalist churches are communities of service that strengthen the social fabric of the places we call home. I know you may be overwhelmed. You have your own personal concerns, your family members to care for, and life is shifting and changing under the current circumstances. The reality is actually quite simple. We exist to care for one another. If you are in need, please reach out to Reverend Pippin, the pastoral care team, or even me. If you are in a position to help, speak up, stand out, and please give generously. As we practice not touching our faces, let's remember to touch each other's hearts. Today, we enter the final two weeks of the pledge campaign, and we need to raise another $160,000. This is no small feat, and we're running out of time. So I ask you to please reach out to one of the pledge campaign team who have been contacting you. Those are Mo Moser, Julie Shuck, John Hall, and Stan and Paulette Lickman-Panzer, and of course myself. If you'd like to reach me, you can call me at 571-216-7731, or you can email me at pledge at akatinkuu.org. Together, we can ensure the financial stability of our spiritual home for the years and generations to come and keep this place a beloved community for all those who come after us. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for helping me with this year's pledge campaign. Now, I'd like to turn things over 
to Steve Brown, who's going to present his testimonial for this week. Thank you. Good morning, I'm Steve Brown, and I'd like to share a few thoughts about why I believe my family was lucky to join Akatink. Since St. Patrick's Day was this week, I'll also share a few four-leaf clovers, rainbows, and leprechauns. Nearly 20 years ago, my wife Susan and I moved to this area and shopped for a UU congregation. We were fortunate to visit Akatink the day the playground was dedicated. With so many special people of all ages investing in children, we believe this was the right spiritual home for us and our daughter. We happily joined inspiring Sunday services with enthusiastic ministry, uplifting music, warm, welcoming people, and warm coffee. Meanwhile, downstairs, our daughter benefited from RE classes, and later as a high school senior, she learned more about our faith as a youth board member. My wife and I were also lucky to build rich relationships participating in RE and many other Akatink activities. We enjoyed everything from covenant groups and committees to serving on the board to serving Oktoberfest Bratwurst. As you know, some of the most rewarding events are those at members' homes and social justice projects in the community. We are also grateful to participate in celebrations of life at Akatink. The stirring ceremonies conducted in the sanctuary and memorial garden are significant paths on our spiritual journey. Weekly joys and sorrows and special rituals honoring family and friends help us reflect, heal when needed, and grow. While our rainbow is still not displaying a green band of color, the bluegrass band playing in this photo provided a good reason to celebrate together. Whether joining a band or church choir and song, or dining with acting friends, we value our time together. We also value time invested in community outreach and service. It feels good to welcome neighbors and feed homeless in our church. Finally, the Rainbow's center band is visible. The green is not just the color that we associate with St. Patrick's Day. As you know, Akatink's annual pledge campaign is nearly complete, and the congregation needs everyone's green before it is successful. Contributing time and treasure has been an important responsibility of members well before we joined the church nearly 20 years ago. Well, this leprechaun is dancing a jig. Perhaps it is because he recognizes the conclusion of this testimonial. Together, we build AUUC's rainbows by pledging our gold. Come together to worship our theme this month about wisdom and what deep wisdom we need right now to hold us in these times. I offer our chalice lighting by Lisa Doge, chalice lighting for challenging times, which she wrote in the wake of the 9-11 tragedy. Why a flaming chalice, the question comes. It's the cup of life, we answer. A cup of blessings overflowing, a cup of water to quench our spirit's thirst, a cup of wine for dedication and celebration. The flame of truth, the fire of purification, oil for anointing and healing out of chaos and fear and horror. Thus was the symbol crafted a generation ago. And so may it be for us in these days of uncertainty, sorrow, or rage. 
and the light to warm our souls and guide us home. Come, let us worship. Let us always find our way home. Show everybody a video. It's a three minute clip. It's a little choppy, but it's worth the listen. We'll post the link later for you to listen to and watch. Here we are, the transformative power of play. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from a philosopher and adventurer and a poet, and her name is Alice in Wonderland. Alice says, I often believe in, in six impossible things before breakfast. Think about that, six impossible things before breakfast. Now, how many people here in this room right now can identify at least one impossibility that you believe in? Show of hands. Okay, that's not bad, that's not bad. Now, Alice's quote and many of the events in my life have had a, a profound effect on me and have led me to uncover this philosophy, this scientific position a formula, if you would, that I believe has the ability to change the world. And this formula is T equals R-I to the power P. What it stands for is transformation equals reality multiplied by the impossible and raised to the power of, you guessed it, play. What I'm really trying to say here is that transformative events will by definition occur when you take whatever your reality is yours mine whoever's and you challenge that reality with an impossible idea that is playfully embraced i have a few examples out of my personal life that i'd like to share with you to illustrate this idea the first um, story i'm going to share is something is actually the story of my birth now, I was born in Nigeria. I was born in post-Civil War Nigeria. And my parents, who had been displaced by the war, were trying to make their way home. The vehicle they were traveling in looked something like this. Now, the vehicle broke down, and it was at that exact moment that my 19-year-old, heavily pregnant mother went into labor. It was then that I decided I wanted to be born. So, while the rest of the 50-odd passengers in that vehicle took off on foot for fear of the impending nightfall and what that would bring, wild animals or worse, robbers, my mother was giving birth to me in the absolute middle of nowhere. So my birth reality was this. I was either going to get eaten alive by wild animals, or we were going to get robbed and maimed by thieves, or worse, we were going to die slowly and painfully of starvation or malnutrition. That was my reality. Now, in the face of that reality, what does my mother do? She begins to sing. She begins to play. And she embraces me and holds me close and makes me at least believe that we're somewhere safe and warm and not out there in the middle of nowhere. Eventually, another lonely vehicle traveling that highway found us, gave us a ride back to civilization and to a much-needed hospital. By that time, I had caught pneumonia, and I was still at risk of death. While the doctors battled to keep me alive, my mother never left my side. And what was she doing the whole time? Singing and playing and keeping a positive outlook. 
So I'm here today, the doctors did cure me, and while they cured me, I am absolutely convinced that it was my mother's dogged determination to remain positive in, in the face of such a daunting reality. I believe that's what truly saved me. What an impossible situation he was born in. And I wonder, I wonder what impossible situation you're facing. This formula that he offers, transformation equals reality times the impossible to the power of play. I, I've been playing with this idea in my life. A few days ago, one of my children, who shall go unnamed, I have three, so they can be sufficiently anonymous. One of my kids was in a massive meltdown, dealing with the new routine, the changes, not being able to play with friends. And I was sitting there starting to expect myself to get this person, this young person to calm down to somehow be able in that moment to teach them a better coping skill, something gentler. And I thought of this formula. I thought of the, the reality of this young person melting down in front of me, literally sprawled on the floor, making unpleasant sounds, putting it mouth. And so I'm thinking of this person and I'm thinking of what impossible reality could I play with? And I thought, well, that impossible reality would be if this person could suddenly grasp on to some other coping strategy. And I started to think about that and I wish I could say it magically worked that the reality of the person melting down changed, but what changed amazed me because I went from expecting myself to be able to calm this person who was naturally struggling to play. And instead of the, I should be calm and not frustrated, or I should be able to calm this person, I was playful and thinking of imaginative ways that I could interact with this person. As I got playful, I became so much more at ease with myself. I hope if you're in a situation that feels impossible, whether it's a young person or an elder or yourself, whoever you are in relationship with that feels impossible, I hope you can have some forgiveness and be at ease, maybe find some play. And so I invite you to think, what is it that you need to turn around right now to shift your approach towards. Poem, Pandemic, by Lynn Lee. What if you thought of it as the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now, on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down, 
And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, as long as we shall live. I'm going to read an excerpt from A Song Flung Up to Heaven by Maya Angelou. She wrote about her experience of depression and how her friend Jimmy Baldwin helped her move through that time. There was very little serious conversation. The times were so solemn and the daily news so somber that we snatched mirth from unlikely places and gave servings of it to one another with both hands. I told Jimmy I was so glad to laugh. Jimmy said, we survived slavery. You know how we survived? We put surviving into our poems and into our songs. We put it into folk tales. We danced surviving in Congo Square in New Orleans and put it in our pots when we cooked pinto beans. We knew if we wanted to survive, we had better lift our own spirits. So we laughed whenever we got the chance. You're not alone. We are right here. I guess the most important thing we can say. And I wonder if you can say it to somebody else too. So I've taken to looking at our directory, our membership directory and the, another newcomer spreadsheet and looking at the names each day and picturing you and thinking, what can you do today that will bring joy? Do you need comfort? Do you need a little piece of light and hope? I'm trying to send it. And if I haven't met you and there are a couple names in there I haven't met, I do my best to picture you and I wonder if one day I'll get to meet you and then I'll just be delighted to see what you really look like. You can do that to everyone you know. Just imagine. So I've been thinking about ways to play with the impossible. Ways to play and the idea of getting to see everybody. I don't get to see everybody on a regular Sunday because there's many people around and some have to fly off. And so I'm playing with the idea that I get to talk to each and every one of you and all my loved ones. Maybe we'll find a way. Maybe somehow through this time, through this, this unpleasant reality of social distancing, we'll find a new way to connect. I'll have Zoom office hours. Maybe you'll hop in at one o'clock. I'd love to see you. I wonder how play could help in your life. Play has healing power. 
it's not just a pastime. Oh, I'll, I'll play a game so that I pass the hours. Play has, has the power to harness your mind and get you unstuck. Have you been reading the news lately? I have. I have this little ritual at certain times of day. I know when Virginia posts their data. All right, I'm, I'm admitting it, okay? I know when Virginia posts their data on the latest counts, and I know when DC posts much later in the day, and I know when Maryland posts, and I like to check in and see what the latest stats are, and that's my, my statistics analytic brain there, and just trying to grab onto some control, some data, so I know what's going on, and that's all well and good, but that, if you think about it, we're looking at a span of 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock at night, that's paying attention to the clock and thinking about checking data and it's never going to be good information, right? I mean, eventually we're going to get a uh, same number of cases and then it's going to go down. But maybe I need a break. Maybe I need a break. And just like that conversation with my kid who was melting down, I almost said their name, but just like my conversation with my kid, Barely a conversation. I could sit there and say, oh, I need to stop reading the news. I need to calm down. I need to, to be centered. That's all a lot of shoulds. So I say right now, don't should on yourself. Okay? Don't do it. Instead, find a way to play. Let's see what happens. When you play, it harnesses your mind's attention. So it's not just passing the time. It's getting your mind out of this stuck time and into some new possibility. That's where the power of play comes in. When we don't deny reality, but we allow our minds and our hearts to enjoy playing with a positive possibility. And when you do that, you never know what will happen. And at the very least, you get a break. You get a break from looking at the statistics. They were hours of yesterday where I played and I didn't check or think about when I could get the next statistics update. I invite you into that. Open up the power of play in your life. And I wonder what you like to do. Do you like to play Scrabble or card games? Words with friends, some online game? But you can play in other ways too. You can play by thinking of something you love to do and draw a picture of it. Maybe you're a great drawer, artist, like I've seen some of our congregants. They're amazing. Peggy, your first bird is amazing. But, but maybe you could just draw a stick figure. It doesn't have to be a great work of art. Just draw yourself doing something fun and playful. It seems impossible. Let's see what happens. You could journal about it. You could write a poem. Imagine the impossible and play with that. There's a poem that's gone around the internet. It's by a brother, a Franciscan monk, 
Brother Richard Hendrick, and I want to read it to you. It's about facing the situation we're in and seeing another possibility. It's also been attributed incorrectly to Tanakhan, but it seems that it's Richard Hendrick. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But, but they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and clear. They say that in Italy, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone can hear the sounds of families around them. They say that in the west of Ireland, a young woman is spreading flyers with her number throughout the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting and looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to the reality of how big we really are, to our interconnectedness and to how little control we really have. Waking up to what really matters, the power of prayer, of meditation, of kindness, caring, and love. So we pray and remember that while there is fear, there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. And yes, there is pain, suffering, and death, but there can always be a rebirth of community, peace, harmony, and love. Wake to the choices you make as to how you live today and now. Breathe. Listen. Pay attention. The birds are singing and the sky is clearing and love always encompasses us. Open the windows of your soul. And though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing and give thanks for your life and all you have. The possibility in this poem is beautiful. We are at a moment, a moment of possibilities. There's a headline out there. I didn't read the article. There's a headline saying that this is the time that will divide us. This virus will divide us by race and class. And other people are saying, this is the time that will unite us. And the answer, of course, is maybe. Because right now, in a shaken reality, where a lot of anchors have been uprooted, we have a possibility. And the fact is, this could be the time that divides us. This could be the time that divides each person, where even in your life, at home, you don't feel you're able to live your values because you're too frustrated, because you're too hard on yourself, because you don't have 
the food, the resources you need. Because you might lose your job. You could feel divided. Or you could feel united. And the same goes for our community. We could feel divided. Some people can access online worship and Zoom meetings. And what if others can't? We could feel divided, but let us feel united. We can find all the ways to connect and use them and never forget to phone call and write a letter. We could be divided, but let us be united. And it goes for our hurting world. We have an opportunity to face the facts and see how our systems are not made to protect us all equally. We had a fantasy, perhaps not each one of us, but collectively a culture that thought that economy could equal safety and prosperity for everyone. And we can see how that isn't working. And we have an opportunity to see it and to recreate. We could allow something like this to divide us, but let this unite us. Let us get good at inconvenience. Let us get good at helping each other. Let us become experts at adaptation and thoroughly resilient so that if we are the tree growing in the lush field or the tree growing in the tiny rocky crack, it doesn't have to matter. Because no matter where we are or what we feel, we choose to create what we love. And we love to be united with justice, with equity and compassion. So let us take this moment, take this moment with all of its chaos and fear and love. And let us create what we hope for, what we dream of. Let us put it in our songs, put it in our drawings, put it in our cooking. Think of all the things that you love, the spring sunshine, the flowers, the coffee hour chats, the justice. Think of it all. Breathe it in and play with that. Play with the impossible good and watch reality transform. We are here together. We will move through this together. We are never alone. Let us be united. Amen. Thank you, everybody. All those virtual sing-alongs. We extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this. We do not extinguish our community. And when we sign off from this service, our hearts are alive, thinking, and loving each other. I love you. And I can't wait to get to see you again in person. But until then, until then, let us hold this light and shine it out in all our days.
Sheila, won't you lead us in our community blessing? I invite you now to join me in our community blessing with those words that we all know so well. This church is dedicated to the proposition that behind all our differences and beneath all our diversity, there is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together in spite of time and death and the space between the stars. We pause now in silent witness to that unity. May we have the wisdom, the wisdom to accept the reality and a daring playfulness, the defiant playfulness, the deep playfulness, to bring forth what is joyful, to set aside some stress, to reach out to one another, to find somebody to help you play, and to let joy come into your life. Maybe play this week. Amen. Mm -hmm.